I wanted to take the time to talk about the election, and I know that no one wants to hear about it at this point, and I'm recording this and publishing it so close to the election because this isn't about swaying anyone's vote, and I don't intend to discuss either of the two main candidates. And I think as a topic, it's really important to talk about because I don't think we've really been talking about it for the past year. We've been making character assassinations and finding reasons to disparage those who are voting for the candidates we don't believe in and trying to prove to ourselves that they will be apocalyptic and our candidate, whoever they might be, is salvation in a sense. And we may not admit that, but I do think that's radically simplistic and dangerous for the millions of people we lump into a single category or a single moral standpoint. Tomorrow, as a date in time, will change relatively little, in my opinion. Nature will still look the same, life will not be shaken off its axis, and our various human aims and needs will remain intact. Now the stock market, concerns about our collective future and job security for some will absolutely fluctuate, but I would like to contend that more pressing issues exist within us, the American people, and how we treat and consider one another. As a whole, my continued preface to any use of we, we do not show compassion or understanding. That is what the past year of my life has shown me about our country. We keep squabbling about who is or is not fit for office of the presidency, absolutely a very powerful position and one of the most influential in our country. But I've come to wonder as I watch all of this squabbling, what I would say is very unproductive, false, and fragmented communication, are we the American people fit for a system of government that works effectively? Because we don't conduct ourselves in mature or respectful ways, again, as a whole, the underlying subtext of all of this, and I think it's rather unfair of us to demand that a single person or a single administration is going to pluck us out of chaos and somehow deliver us into a better state of being. We have to act more consciously, and we have to find a way to get along with one another. And I'm not saying that we homogenize and that we obliterate those who disagree with us, although that does seem to be the intention of many these days, as frustrations rise, and our fractured communication continues. But these tactics reflect the tremendous impatience in our country right now, and I see a lot of people throwing blame rather than taking responsibility for what they will do to try and improve the country. And I'm not saying that those people do not exist, but again, on the whole, there is not a lot of self-reflection. But I find it incredibly immature and unproductive to fixate on what others have done wrong and where fault lies with them and far more healthy and open-minded to consider what we, the individuals, or I, the self, can do to accept responsibility and act upon intentions to improve rather than foisting that duty on others, perhaps a presidential candidate. And we have to find a way to listen to the people with whom we do not agree, at least try to understand where they're coming from. The past year, in my opinion, has been rife with politics of fear, and there are absolutely, as has always been the case, and will likely always be the case, issues and concerns and threats in our world and in our country. And I think you can choose where to turn your perspective in the world. You can absolutely submit to fear, and I'm not saying that's irrational to do, but I don't think it makes sense to guide our political system almost entirely out of what we fear might happen. In a democratic republic, the nation in which we currently live, votes and people have an influence. 
And for those who don't believe in voting, I can see where you're coming from, because I think this is a very difficult climate, but it's not going to be one that changes tomorrow after the ballots are cast. If we're going to look at it as a very simplistic model, presume that whoever wins, likely one of the major party candidates, will leave millions of Americans dissatisfied, angry, and perhaps in far more extreme states of emotion. How are we going to grapple with that as a country? Because it's not going to go away, and the people we disagree with, those we may even claim that we hate, that I would argue we do not fully understand, will still live in this country. And we are all American, and we as Americans must find a way, beyond the polar factions that have emerged in the country, to appreciate where other people are coming from. And as long as we generalize about millions of people, states, communities that we've never visited, people we could not have possibly come to understand as we have not lived their experiences, or even opened lines of communication, these problems will still exist. And I don't deny that a presidential candidate has tremendous influence in where a country goes, but these two presidential candidates, or any others you might consider, did not emerge from a vacuum. We, the American people, have produced the culture, the desires, the interests, etc., under which they operate, and which will also lead one of them to the office of the president. And frankly, I'm tired and disappointed by what I think is a scapegoat preference, that this one person will represent everything, and that's frankly impossible. Many of us will vote for candidates for different reasons, and I think it's tremendously short-sighted to continue to pour reasons that we will vote for our particular candidate into social media and into our conversations, which I would again contend are not real conversations for the most part. We're speaking with people who agree with us, or, whether we can recognize it or not, we're silencing those who do not agree with us who may be at the same dinner table, or in the same workplace, etc. And at no point will I say that we have to agree with everyone we meet, but we have to find a way to talk to one another, and that is falling apart. My point being that if you think this election is bad, if we don't resolve the problem of communication four years from now, things will be just as maddeningly contentious and emotionally draining, and I think we deserve a better future than that. And the reductive rhetoric that's emerged is really troubling to me, because your candidate doesn't speak for everyone, and if your candidate was in fact the best option, then surely everyone would be voting for them. But I'm sure in your eyes, people who don't are evil and idiotic. They lack intelligence or integrity. And I think that's a rather dangerous and tremendously insulting claim to make about what is likely a group of millions of people, again, who you have not met whose existence you haven't tried to appreciate, and whose lifestyles you have not worn, just as they have not worn yours. But we have language, we have the ability to reach out across that gap, but instead we don't. We sit in the comfort of those who share our views, and I completely understand that natural inclination, but it's done a great deal of damage to us. And if you continue to dehumanize other people, especially those you don't know and whom you've never met, then expect to be met by monsters. Expect this problem to get worse, which is not meant to be an apocalyptic proclamation, but a fervent request that all of us do the difficult task of listening. And I know that I'm currently the one talking to a microphone and asking that you listen to me, but I would be very eager to hear what other people think, especially as the election culminates tomorrow evening. I've been disappointed also by how the quote-unquote educated people I have seen behave. 
In many cases that I've witnessed, there is a shameful self-indulgence. They share their perspectives, however informed, but they do not ask questions of the people they condemn, and for all that education has taught them, they prefer the comfort of condemnation to the vulnerability of curiosity. And in my experience, education is amazing at showing you how little you know about the world and how much more you have to learn. But again, turning to those educated people, I don't see them asking the questions which I often observed them employ in the classroom. And I can't say that's an illogical trend, but the world does not need more people who are certain they grasp everything. It needs more people who are able to admit that they do not. And to the topic of election day as this proving ground, this judgment day, this moment of sole responsibility in a citizen's life as a moment of change, I disagree again with that radically simplistic stance. If you really believe in democracy, I would contend that you believe in the value of the individual in a collective, to find compromise, to speak openly, and to be heard by others who are willing to listen. And I won't claim that a president or Congress or any other institution in our government does not have tremendous influence and authority, but they will not single-handedly change our culture, which I believe governs our day-to-day existence, how we treat our neighbors, the people we work with, strangers on the street. Do we care about these people at all? And do we expect them to treat us with respect when many of us do not offer the same welcome? I personally feel that it's important to vote, but I don't think I'm going to convince anyone to do that the eve before the election. And so to those who will, I commend you. But I would also say that democracy, in my opinion, is about more than voting. And where I see a landscape devoid of empathy and filled with hostility, I would conclude by saying that if you can cast a ballot, you are every bit as capable of showing compassion, the kind we often see in the wake of a disaster, And in my perspective, this is our current disaster. It isn't as visibly destructive or spontaneous as most, but we've come to this moment over decades of broken communication. And tomorrow when we elect a candidate, our situation will not immediately change. They cannot single-handedly fix the cultural values of America. In fact, their election is a sign of the culture we live in, not the other way around. Again, from my perspective. I see a multitude of people whose words suggest a moral surrogacy in the voting process. But the president is not your moral agent. Your local mayor and state governors are not responsible for being kind in your stead. Their political power may reflect your beliefs, and I don't deny their influence in America, but it saddens me to see the hopelessness and self-congratulation that this election has produced. True leaders should not produce apathy in their citizens, nor should societal repair be their burden alone. You are capable of making a difference in the lives of people around you. There is a tremendous stream of connection that our social nature as human beings permits. I've seen children who have done a great deal to change the world in a positive direction. I've seen people who are unemployed or without grandiose careers ahead of them who have done a great deal to improve the joy and perspective of those around them, and that's what I'd like people to remember. And when those around you tell you that love cannot change the world, I would ask you to consider the ways in which fear already has.